Hey, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the California Country Show podcast. I'm your host, Dave Bernal, also known as Just Dave, and I'm taking a much-needed day off from a full weekend of shows. I know. I'm taking a day off by editing this podcast, finally. Finally getting around to editing the Dua Writers interview with Ken Liebeson. I'll explain more about that later, but, you know, I took a break after doing the crazy Oakheart Festival. You know, if you heard about it or you follow us online, the California Country Show stage had a major day at the Oakheart Country Music Festival June 1st in Thousand Oaks. Gethin Jenkins was our headliner, Alice Wallace, Aaron Pax Taylor, and Just Dave Band were all part of it. And if you want to catch up on the things that you missed from that festival, including interviews and some live video, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Cal Country Show. Or you can also listen to the previous podcast, because I had a bunch of acts from the Borderline Strong Band on there. And plenty more on the way. I'm super excited. I could not be more pumped up and totally exhausted. But it was a big success, and I look forward to producing more stages with some local talent. So stick around. Stick with us, people. We're your way in. <laughs> Anyway, the Doo Riders. Well, the Doo Riders are celebrating their 40th anniversary as the premier touring Western swing band from Los Angeles. And I sat down for like two hours with Ken Lemison to talk about this great landmark. He's their lead singer and founder. And full disclosure, I kind of had a microphone setting a little messed up, so I actually, listening back to it, had to scrap the first half of the interview due to tech difficulties. Which, sadly, this interview comes in after Kenny talks about how he formed the band, how he got the name, the Duat Riders, from the Duke Ellington song, It Don't Mean a Thing. If it ain't got that swing, you know, that Duat, Duat, Duat thing. If you were in show choir like me, you had to do, you were forced to do that one. Also, how we got booked at the Palomino Club back at the 80s from sheer perseverance. We got a lot of great things that we're talking about in this second half of the interview. So if you hear things that we say we mentioned before, don't worry about it. I made sure that you understand everything on this thing, including some massive wisdom dropped about booking, uh, touring, that movie, That Thing You Do. It's super great. So He also talks about his time getting to know Chris Ledoux's band. And at the end plays a tune, which to me as a father is has a very special meaning. The song is called We Need to Have a Little Talk. And with the recent news that country singer Granger Smith and his wife lost their three-year-old son, especially me as a father, I have no doubt that there is a reason why fate had stopped me from releasing this podcast until now. It truly takes on a, a different and more special meaning having listened to it now. Not to be a bummer, but it is a really nice moment. And we head to the interview with me asking about places in the San Fernando Valley long before my time. I mean, the history, the scene, the bands, the gigs. It was all really happening down here. And it's funny because people just don't seem to be going out like they used to. We tried to figure out why. If you're a band leader or a musician trying to break into the scene and figure out how to make a living, Kenny dropped some wisdom on you. So check this out. My interview with Ken Liebenson of the Dua Writers. Happy 40th anniversary, Ken. Enjoy. Long-winded stuff never really becomes that long-winded. It's, it's oh, okay. good, because I'm very long-winded. Yeah. It's... So I'm here with Kenny of Do All Writers, celebrating 40 years, and which is a pretty amazing feat. When we talk, there's 100 things that you're working on at the same time, 100 people to get back to. What is for a musician who wants to be successful? And what I mean by successful is getting by, making making good decisions that keep you working and things like that. What, what would be like a daily routine of someone like you that... Your home, off the road. Actually, not even that. You're very busy. Uh, every time I catch you, you're you're talking to so and so, and you're doing something. You you never stop, do it's, you? It's uh, no, no. And I had not. I wanted to be a songwriter. That was. I did not want to get on the business side of things. Mm -hmm. But going back to that story about the Palomino, yeah. Um, I ended up getting us booked there. Perseverance. 
Getting perseverance. House and, call. House call is, is yeah. basically the key, right? And the guys in the band were like, I don't think we need this manager. He's not really doing anything for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started taking over the booking and uh, jumping back to something that you asked me about earlier. Uh, there were probably 30 bands working five to six nights a week in this town back in the 80s and before that. There were a number of clubs that would have a house band that would play five or six nights a week. Um, places like what what's now Cowboy Country, the Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet, right, I've heard that, okay. We started working there, I think like in <clears throat> 1981. So same building. Same build. Ken did an amazing job of preserving the feel of the Silver Bullet. And if you uh, if you see Thelma and Louise that was shot there, right? Uh, it's the club feels the same. Yeah. Uh, he he did an amazing job of recreating that because when after the Silver Bullet closed, it went through a couple changes before Ken got it. Oh, so it was other clubs. It was. Interesting. There, uh, again, there were all these clubs that would, uh, uh, three or four off the top of my head, that had a house band. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't want to get into a situation like that because I saw several bands that I knew that I, I thought were great and had great songs. And after six months of being a house band in a, in a club, they could see them kind of burning out. Petered out, right. And I wanted to keep it fresh and I wanted to keep us mobile, and we wanted to travel. We started going to Arizona. Uh, we started going to Wyoming. So you're already formulating the idea of what the Duwaz is, which is basically a traveling road show. I mean, you guys are, that's what you do, and it's its pretty inspiring to see. I know a lot of musicians complain, oh, that's too far of a drive. I won't make that drive. I won't go there. And it's hard to explain to people that Traveling is the way that you reach people. It's a way to meet people in every town, you know, and, and, and branch out. And and not to go back on everything I've been saying, but things are a little different these days. They're, you know, for, for us mm-hmm. to get a following in Arizona, we had to go to Arizona. We had to play in front of people. Yeah. Um, these days, you can do a video, stream it put it on Facebook. Um, you could get a following all. It, it's amazing to me uh, when I see somebody in uh, some country in Eastern Europe that, that buys our CD or downloads it. Yeah. I'm like, how the hell did they find us? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Tracking all those things. Yeah. And you've been doing this for 40 years. So, I mean, you've seen things come and go and places come and go. And of course, uh, bands come and go. Is there a plan for you to, to continue doing this until you can't do it anymore? Or uh, have, have you have you reached where you feel like you need to go? Well, you, Marilyn's smiling. Yeah. <laughs> it, it dep- I just want to, I want to get my own exit strategy down, you know. <laughs> well, and I wish I had one. And the most honest answer I could give you, it, de- it depends on what day you're talking to me. I mean, one day... Um, I'm like, yeah, it, I'm, I'm, I'm all done. Uh, yeah. And and the next day I want to, you know, I want to be Ernest Tubb and Willie Nelson and be touring in my 80s. Mm-hmm. So what's a typical day then? You get up, answer emails, call clients. I think the first thing I do is check all my emails. Uh, I usually have a list of people I need to call. Uh, the The... If I could give you advice mm-hmm. to not be like me, I think you need you need to carve out a portion of your day to to dedicate to your music, which I have to fight to do because there's always a fire to put out. Right. It's I'm, always a. That's a struggle for me right now. That's a struggle for all of us. Yeah. And uh, no matter how good you are, there's there's someone just as good or better. And uh, it's an it's an endless chore. Yeah. And you wake up, you have your schedule all in place. Uh, I mean, this is this is tragic. But the reason I'm home this week, 
we we had a big event booked in in Oregon. We did a performing arts center in Florence, Oregon, back in uh, October. Uh, the gig went amazing. Everybody loved us. They were like, "We need you for the big festival in May." It was all booked, and uh, the person that was paying for everything committed suicide Ugh. about a month ago. Yeah, and and what do you say to someone when? They're calling you in tears and, you know, you don't hold their feet to the flames and go, we had a contract. (laughs) Did you you send the deposit at least? (laughs) Oh, man. I wish we'd thought of that. Yeah. God. That reminds me. I got to write some contracts. That's right. Contracts, deposits. Before they cancel the wedding. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's funny. So I gotta, I gotta ask you this. I hate to just be going back to the no, ancient no, history. No, no, go ahead. So I'm, I went to the Valley Relics Museum. I don't know if you've been to there yet, but it's so. I cool. haven't been there yet. Uh, that uh, the guy that runs that is Tommy. Yeah. Tommy is that's who we've gotten our T-shirts from for many, many years. Oh yeah, because he's the screen printer. So mm-hmm. I have been over there, and I, I got to see some of these things before there was. The the museum was a, a pipe dream of his. The museum was an idea that he had set because he just started collecting these things and getting the you know the rights to it and, mm-hmm. and using logos. You know that that was kind of the whole idea of the of the screen printing business. From what I I imagine, I I just went there and it was so cool. They've got these display shelves of all these old flyers from different clubs. So I got to see a lot of just San Fernando Valley clubs that I had heard. Other musicians say, oh, back in the day, I would play here or I would do a double and I would go here to here. I mean, it was happening everywhere. Wasn't oh, there, it? there were just in, I mean, you could, I have friends that never left the valley. They didn't have to. You play the Longhorn. Uh, the, uh, what's now the Cowboy Palace, which was JR's Cowboy Palace, the mm-hmm. first time we played there. But there was a, they were so close to each other, and the owners got in fights. And so if you played one, you couldn't play the other. Oh, yeah. And uh, Well, but, as band leaders, we have to worry about that. Musicians can play with whoever they want to at any other place. True. You're the singer, so you're, you're stuck. With yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then what, what other places were there? Because I, I, saw, I saw some flyers of these places that I, I wasn't exactly. There was like a Western store or there was... Uh, King's Western where in Van Nuys right. was huge. It was it, I mean, it was just such a wonderful place. And, and uh, they did concerts there too? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. No. I, I, I would, I, I'm getting confused because I, I've been in the Valley since like, uh, since, 9, since 9-11. So okay. um, I'm learning about all this old history. But there's some... There was some yeah, this was happening. It was happening. There was a lot of country music here. Nudie... Mm-hmm. Was here, and uh, and then Nudie's son-in-law Manuel, Manuel, who actually made a lot of the clothes, and he opened up his own shop, and you could go in and see. Manuel was uh, wonderful to us. Um, I saw a a jacket there one day, and it was he had made it for uh, uh, I think it was for Chris Hillman for the Desert Rose Band, mm-hmm. and I was I was admiring the said how much is this this is five thousand dollars that's oh my god how do you yeah i don't remember what he offered to make it for me for but he said i'll make you one very similar it's fifteen hundred dollars whoa and i said you're kidding and so i said why would you do that and he said because you know you guys are young you're just starting out you don't have any money. I know you don't have any money. So I'll wait till you become a big star. He goes, then I'll fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a suit from him? Oh, no. I didn't have $1,500. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> you could have sold it for a lot more now. Uh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That was. It was uh, very impressed to see a lot of the uh, California Country exhibit over at the um, the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville. A lot of those original stuff. They have new, uh, Nudie's car out there and pretty amazing stuff. That must have been a a, a pretty fun time to watch that stuff. It, it was a great time. And, the, and again, the Palomino, just the Palomino alone. But there were a little bar. I'm trying to think of the name of the bar uh, in in Van Nuys mm-hmm. uh, where the uh, the GM plant used to be. 
had all these auto workers, and then there was a little country bar across the street. You guys just, I mean, so you could be basically a five, six night a week musician, no problem, just bounce around. No problem. And then there were there were dates that would uh, there were places that would uh, uh, be open on Sunday, and you do a Sunday barbecue. Oh yeah. So you, you could work six or seven nights a week, and that's pretty amazing. It's not hard to choose You ain't got no choices You just pack your things And go where the work is When I was young I never dreamed of a factory job Running some damn machine I never thought it's so far from Georgia Oh, the ice and snow Cut right through your southern soul But it's not the bitter wind That makes this town so cold I feel like for me and you, we're kind of in that same boat. You got all these ideas in the back of your mind, yes. you know, and they got to come forward. But and, you know, and when no, will they? Yeah, you need. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I do my best writing. I, I used to write songs on my way to gigs because mm-hmm. there were no cell phones, no pagers, and I, I knew I, I was very resistant to getting a cell phone because I knew my songwriting was just going to stop. I knew I'd, uh, I'm going to be doing. I know I'm going to be doing business. That's true because you're working before cell phones. You're basically just picked office hours. Yes. And then you're out, and then no one can bother you. Yeah, drive into the crazy horse in Orange County, and it takes two hours. And not anymore. Now they can find. Now you. it's three hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Absolutely. How would you recommend to let's say a guy like me, someone who's thinking I want to be an artist, I want to be a songwriter, but someone who's also thinking I need to make money doing this i need to be a a working musician is there any sort of way that you could especially in today's world um where i personally feel like there's just not as much money out there to survive or or just just talked about them the money is rent's gone up gasoline has gone everything's gone up except our wages right so how do you get by being someone who's in that world of i need to write I need to perform, I need to record, I need to play, I need to tour. Is there any something that something you can give someone who's like, let's say, just starting out in that world? What sort of advice just by seeing people do it now versus back then? One of the discussions I think I think I've had with you and with a lot of the guys. I ask you a lot. (laughs) Well you know, it's it's uh things have changed and Guys have always been great with numbers. We should be making $200 a piece a night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should. But I think back to 20 years ago, uh, when's, when, if ever, have you seen a line around the building to get into cowboy country? Mm-hmm. When it was the silver bullet, and this, it, and it's just the times. Uh, people drank more. People drank a lot. Uh-huh. And with the drunk driving laws, and and all those things are good. I'm not saying they're bad. But alcohol is what paid our wages. Right. And there would be a line around the silver bullet. There'd be a line around the crazy horse. You couldn't get into the Palomino a lot of nights. You'd have, there'd be a line outside wow. waiting to get in. And the club would be packed with people. But people... There, there, you know, there's a thousand different reasons. People don't drink as much. People don't go out as much. Uh, there's a friend of mine who likes to use big words. They, they're better use of their discretionary dollars. 
Um, I always yeah. laugh when he says that. Um, but they... That's funny. I, when I Video games. I mean, there, there's people that, that stay home and play World of Warcraft all night. Right. Yeah. They, those people used to go out. That is funny, yeah. So you're, you're performing for... I mean, there's more people on Earth, but you're performing for basically less people, not drinking as much. So it's a little harder to, to maintain I don't that. know how... You know, and, and again, like Cowboy Country, God bless Ken for keeping that club open. Yeah. Um, we had a really good weekend, actually. We just played Friday. Awesome. And, we just and, played there on Wednesday. Oh, cool. And there was a line. I mean, it was to, not not around the block, mind you, but it was a really good night. And we Awesome. Were, I, I um, love to hear that. Yeah. But, but And he said, thank God. Like, it's just, it's been rough. It's been a yeah. rough year. It's been a rough few years. For And, and not just for, for every club. Mm-hmm. For every club. He's not alone. And uh, But what I admire about Ken is he... Uh, he loves his bands, and he doesn't think it's a country bar unless there's a live band playing country music. Right, and which has been replaced many times around. I hear, see advertisements, it's a country night, but there's a DJ playing, and, and uh, you know, granted, they do whatever they want. There's a place but. down the street that I, also, I saw, they put a sign up on their little bar, it's like line dancing on Thursdays or something, and uh-huh. I, I was like, hey, I could walk to this gig. And I uh, went in there. Yeah, they've got a, a DJ. Yeah. No disrespect, but come on, man. Anybody can download a song. So. <laughs> I, I'm with you. We actually you. have to learn it. <laughs> yeah, we do. And yeah. but but and the but the dancers have gotten spoiled too. Uh, there's places we'll play. Uh, we'll play a song. Nobody will get out in the dance floor. The DJ comes on, puts the same record on. Yeah. And and all of a sudden they they run out there. There's something to be said about that disconnect. And I, unless you're a festival person who goes to festivals a lot and you see a lot of bands, like you have to, you, if you have a festival, you've got to have bands out there. But I do see a lot of that going on where there's, and we, we, we joke about this because I, I always like try to end on a big song. Yeah. Something to slam. Hell yeah. People are going crazy. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. And yeah, I feel the same way. A lot of times I'm sweating my ass off up there and, um, Someone puts on the wobble. Next thing you know, the dance floor is packed. It's like, well, I'm not going to fucking play the wobble. Like, I, no. I'm, I'm playing. I'm going to play a country song. Uh, but it is kind of just too easy. It's too easy for a DJ to just kind of run off that typical playlist. I like to challenge people. I like to give them songs they wouldn't normally. Well, and think, a, and you know. a good DJ does that. Sure, absolutely. But anyone who wants to keep their job. <laughs> yeah. Does that. Um, yeah, it is, and and this shouldn't. It's not a battle. We work together. Exactly. I, I give the DJ my set list and say, hey, we're gonna do this, or we're mm-hmm. gonna end on this kind of feel. If you want to keep it up, if you want to do this, well, that's let a me good know. part about having a DJ. Let let him do the wobble, and we'll do. We what get to we play do. country. Yeah, that's true. And everybody's happy. Now, but you're when you play. I mean, you're doing, and this is what um, I think makes you very successful. I mean, obviously, you've got material to sell. You've got your songs that you play. You've got a few favorites that you throw in there. Um, but you've been writing and composing for a while. Yes. For also, I want to say also, but I mean, you have music that's been on television and movies and, and those kind of things like that. Mm-hmm. Which, from what I believe you told me, bought this house. Is that right? Uh, or your first house? I'm not really, yeah, yeah. Basically, I, I never thought I'd get a house. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was sitting at home one day, and it's just uh, again you you never know where where your break is going to come from, or you know the the clubs. You know if if you treat a club gig like it's nothing and you're you're not happy that you're there. I mean my my opinion has always been, and I've told the guys in the band when they've you know people we've had in the band that'll bitch about a club or bitch about a place. I go. You don't want to play here anymore? I won't book us here. Mm-hmm. Well, well, no, I didn't mean that. I go, well, if we take the gig, we give it our all. Yes. You don't want to play there. If you if this place is beneath you, then let's not play there. Sure. I, so, I always say that, too. You're representing me, so make sure that everything you say is on the up and up. Do not. Actually, my, my number one rule is don't embarrass me. And the it, rest of it a, is. That's, that's a good it. rule. That's it. You know. That's a good rule. And I said, if you say yes to something, if you say, I agree to play this place 
for this much money, these are the parameters, and you say yes, you, you can say no the next day and say, I no longer want to do that. But un- once you've said yes, you are in. You're in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, you know, Lindy and I always were, we've tried to be very careful with the people that we, we try to hire people with a positive attitude. Of course. Because, yeah. you know, one, one guy with a, a downer attitude can, can bring the whole band down. Yeah. It, it just spreads like cancer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you know, you kind of need to bolster each other. We're, we're brothers and, uh, you know, I, I have bad days. Everyone else has bad days. And you just face it, you're going to have bad days. Yeah, but you can't keep it up all the time. No, I mean, it's, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's ridiculous. But and you've, you know, you've got your endorsements. Try to keep it fun. You're out. You're out representing. You know your endorsements and your and your people and all those things. Like you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta have the product and then make that decision later, right? Like, True. We're not doing this anymore. So the payoff to what I'm talking about is a a movie producer was doing this movie. He needed a country band for a bar. Well. He didn't want to, usually what happens in those situations is they call Nashville. They get somebody that just got a record deal. They'll, they will be famous, but they're not famous right now. Mm-hmm. And they stick them in the movie. Uh, have, you, have you ever seen um, That Thing You Do? Oh, yeah, of course. The Wonders. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's one of my the Wonders, movies. how yeah. they, there's so much truth in that movie and yeah. how they, yeah, they put him in a, they're the, the band on the beach, you know. Oh, so, uh, Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack there Shooters. You go. Dude, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I do too, and we've wa- we've all walked that road. Yeah. And um, but this guy didn't want that. He wanted said if my character walked into a country bar, I want the band that was playing. So he called the Crazy Horse and said, "Who would you recommend?" Said the Doo-Wop Riders. And I mean, it was just luck of the draw. He called the Academy of Country Music and Fran Boyd said, the only band I'll recommend is the Doo-Wah Riders. And so just down the line, it it just, like I said, I was lucky. This is full circle. The amount of people that you have worked with, the impressed, done well for. And it was like... Going back to your earlier question is why it's so important to have those relationships and for if someone's going to call a club owner for a recommendation they're going to go well who's going to show up have a good attitude mm-hmm. work hard not embarrass me yeah not embarrassing exactly and so the 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 song that you got into a movie and into the bar scene was a was like a small independent film right no, it was a major motion picture. <laughs> I know the answer. Okay, to this. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting at home one day. Yeah, the phone rings. A guy says, "I'm from Carol Co. Pictures." I I'm not in the movies. I I don't know who they are, and but I figure if he's calling me, it can't be anybody important. And he said, "We're looking for a country band for our movie," and uh, I said, "Yeah, that sounds like fun." And he said, do you have any original material? I said, I've got a lot of original material. And he said, would you send me a tape? And I said, yeah, I'd be happy to. So I wrote down the address and went about my day. And um, my my wife at the time uh, wanted to go to the movies that night. She wanted to see the Doors movie with mm-hmm. Val Kilmer. First thing on the screen... Carol Co. Pictures. Oh, wow. And I looked over at her and I said, uh, those are the guys that called me this morning. Damn, I got to send that tape. <laughs> she goes, yeah. She said, you better call them back. <laughs> so I woke up early the next morning and I called, called the guy and I said, so who's in this movie? And he said, Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone. Mm-hmm. It's called Basic Instinct. Yeah. And I said, uh, where are you? And he gave me the address. I said, I'll be there in 15 minutes. You drove it, you drove it down yourself. Oh, I personally went down there, put the tape on his desk. Awesome. And uh, so then they decided that they liked the band. 
going to put us in the movie. And they liked one of my songs called Glowing in the Ashes. And they chose that one. And uh, so we're, we're down in Florida working for Disney. And we had a band house. Mm-hmm. And Byron Berline just happened to be playing with us for, for that month. And uh, this guy calls me in Florida and said, um, we'd like you guys to come in the studio and we're going to record you guys playing live and... Uh, Playback for the, for the scene. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you're going to lip sync to it. And I said, okay. And then he paused and he said, I don't want to offend you, but do you mind if we bring in a few ringers? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, like studio musicians. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, our fiddle player is Byron Berline, the three-time world champion, played with the Rolling Stones, Elton John, Marie, I mean, so many, Bill Monroe. I said, I don't know who you're going to find that's any better than Byron. And he goes, Byron? Byron's in your band? I said, yeah. He goes, he, he's an old friend of mine. I said, well, he's sitting right here drinking coffee. I handed Byron the phone that we got the gig. Yeah. God dang. Yeah. So it, it's story. just, it's just, there's just no way I could have planned any of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you had music available. You had a working band. You had professional guys. You had all, and a good reputation at the same time. All I mean, and, it, and that's. In, in a very long, roundabout way, if I want to impart anything to the guys that are starting off now, it all adds up. Yeah. And that's why you're you're playing a slow night in a club and there's nobody there. You know, maintain, keep the bar high. Maintain composure. Don't yeah. be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> Number one rule, don't be yeah, a dick. It, it can be difficult for me. I struggle with this a lot. It's a great story, by the way. And I and I, I also, too, wish to be prepared for those kind of things. A lot of those opportunities have come. They haven't been to fruition. You know, we've done a pilot. We've done movies, independent stuff. But I, it adds up because or, I do get the call. Or you've got these great songs you've written, but you haven't recorded them yet. She coming like a mother, nothing like a father. How else can you explain it must be something in the water? Mississippi Queen. Hey, hey. Spending days of fishing with the bamboo team. Every night, skinny dipping in the pond to drink. You live it, breathe it, had to feed. You've been drawn to that girl like a beat of some sweet. You can always find her when the nighttime fell. Breaking up a bucket from an old stone well. Drinking from her hand, singing in the mood. She's coming like her mother. And I, I know there's there's techniques, there's ways of, like you said, booking time for yourself, having office hours, having and cutting it off. Like this is, we're done. We're done for today. We've booked, we've booked enough gigs. We're done for today. Time to get creative. Yeah. God bless you. I can't. I'm not able to do that. I want to be I, too. I, I'm no. I I say it out loud. Yeah. That's my mantra. I'm not able to either. No. I. <laughs> Uh, for for up until just a couple years ago, um, I was available around the clock. Someone calls me at four in the morning. I'm going to answer the phone. Yeah. I now have uh, do not disturb on my phone and yep. you know from two in the morning on. Um, you know. You you can't call. But I know you because I've called you. You've been on the bus. You've taken my call or or on the way to a gig and all those things like that. You've always been very gracious. And I think it's because you you have that attitude, which I really admire, which is that every connection is important. Every person that, you know, reaches out is important somehow, some way. Very true. Well, and I also remember the people that there were... When we were starting off, there were the people that were kind and gracious to us and helpful. Mm-hmm. And, and they were the ones that were very threatened and 
didn't want to have anything to do with us. And uh, so I, I try to be like those other people. It's like a code breaker. You, you, a lot of people are very tight-lipped about this stuff that they've learned along the way. How to book this gig, how to maintain this relationship, how to, who, who to call, all those things. Referrals. Yeah, and well, and you have to be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how many... Over the years, there there have been a number of times where I've I've helped somebody get a gig, and then I lose the gig. Yeah. Well, that that's again that's and, where referrals so you, matter. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, and so you know when there's when there's a country bar and they have country bands, uh, you know, three to five nights a week, and all of us are playing there. I'm happy to pass on a recommendation or or a referral or help somebody. When there's a rodeo that's once a year and somebody calls me up and says, uh, how do I get that rodeo? Which has happened a dozen times. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if you're playing the rodeo, then I won't be there anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, and, you, and I, well, actually, there, there's kind of there's this thing that I it's kind of an unwritten rule for me, but I always say, you know, it's it's important to have a good sub or someone you can recommend, someone yeah. that you can refer, and someone that you trust won't go behind your back and snake it from you or, right. or come up with a way to say like, well, you know, you work with you work with the do our writers for this much, I can cut you a deal for this much, you know, and then that's we, those are people, and, and that's happened many times for me. And it's just happened to us too, where you know the whatever the do was are doing it for, I'll do it for less, right. And that's why in the Palm Springs area, the parties that we used to do during the spring that paid six to $8,000 mm-hmm. are now, you're lucky if you get 3000 Yeah, yeah, because people are, are undercutters and, and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's that value of being someone who just wants to be a hobbyist and, and I'll, I'll just do it for this, you know, I'll do it for this much. I've, I've, had, I've been well, undercut face it, many someone times. That's, someone that's playing a club gig for $500... 3000 sounds like all the money in the world. Yeah. Do anything for that. And they're happy to do it. What unfortunately, now you've lowered the bar and you turned a $8,000 gig into a $3,000 gig. But you get what you pay for, people who are booking. You get what you pay for. And I I've learned that too. There's, yeah. there's it's a hard lesson where, you know, so and so can do it for less and and also too that's kind of a a little bit of a um, a balancing act. Oh, what's your rate? Oh, God, hold on. Slow down. You got to give me some details here. How far is it? What time? You know, what day of the week? All those things. You're very wise. When we were doing bar gigs, we were doing the Longhorn. We were doing uh, the Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet paid $300 a night. Mm-hmm. They all did. And uh, I get a phone call. Would you go to Santa Barbara for $1,000? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, it, and it, we get yeah. up there. It turned out I don't know if you there 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 was an arms dealer named uh, Khashoggi. At one time, he was one of the richest men in the world. He had a beachfront estate in Santa Barbara. He had an army of Korean nationals patrolling the grounds with automatic weapons, mm-hmm. and this was his niece that was getting married. I mean, it, it was one of the most amazing events we've ever played. I'll, I'll try to keep this a shorter story. <laughs> they and and we were there because the the groom's family liked country music. Okay. So we were there. We I don't even think we played an hour, but we were there for them. And uh, after everyone else had eaten, the woman who had been assigned to shepherd us around took us to this area and said, "Okay, you guys can eat." Well. It looked like it had been so picked over, it looked like someone had taken a garbage can and dumped it on the table. Wow. And we all looked at it and we said, uh, we'll pass. She said, well, with $5,000, you guys could afford to eat anywhere you want. And I said, what do you mean $5,000? So that's what you guys are getting paid. Hmm. Monday morning, I'm on the phone with that agent, who we've never worked for since. And I said... I said, I understand you got paid $5,000 for this and you gave us a thousand mm-hmm. and no, apol- completely unapologetic. He said, I asked you if you would go to Santa Barbara for a thousand dollars. You said, yes. 
Wow. What else do we have to talk about? Wow. I got to admit, he was right. Guy had a point, yeah. He had a point. And just like you said, that's why you have to ask a lot of questions. Right. How many people are there? Yeah, what's the drive? You got you to gotta get a feel for the whole thing. What is provided? How much people are, you know, how much, what, what do I need to bring with me? Yeah. That's, that's wow, that's incredible. I, I feel the same way when I'm trying to come up with a rate. They're just judging you, waiting on this, you know, what can you do? How can I get this from you? It's not anyone's fault. It's just most of my time, my second question is, what's your budget? What yeah. are, what are, how, how can you... My, my standard answer will try to work within your budget and try to get a feel for what they do want to spend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that can be that can be rough. That and be rough. It, it can be. And, uh, you know, people have I've had people lecture me saying, you know, as long as you're doing five hundred dollar clubs, I can't book you for four thousand dollars. And yeah, that that's another another thing, too. Yeah. But. What I, my answer to that is, first of all, we enjoy playing Mm -hmm. and my guys like to work. So if we're not, if you, and sometimes those smaller gigs lead to the big ones. Right. Just like the story with Basic Instinct. Had we not been playing the crazy horse and doing a good job for them, Fred Reiser would have never recommended us. Yeah. I might not have gotten that movie. It's being that guy that's fresh in their minds. You have to get out there. You have to play. You, and, you know, yeah. and when people have questioned me about it, they go, well, you're, you're playing this little club. And I said, yeah. And when we're not on the road, oh, uh, we'll play local clubs because we're home. Yeah. It's a different story. It is a different yeah, story. And, for sure. And, and again, I kind of look at it a little bit like weightlifting. It's, uh, you know, you go in, you play. You play stuff you wouldn't play in your concert. Right. I mean, I get sick of playing my own. So- if I had to play just my own songs every night, of course, it might it might push me to keep writing more. But yeah, I'm running out of songs. Yeah, here. <laughs> or I don't want to do this one again. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I well, run into dear, that myself. Dear beer, mm-hmm. that uh, you know that was probably did best for us, and it's maybe the one song that we had a, a national release on and got radio airplay all over the country. But it's but it's. It, it's kind of like telling a joke. How many times do you... It's a funny song. And how many times do you want to tell that joke? I run into that myself. Novelty and, songs. Do I want to tell yeah. the novelty songs over and over again? So yeah. what I do is I just rewrite the jokes in between the songs. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> because but, I have that. And then the, my band is so great about it. But when I have that joke in between songs that I've done clearly hundreds of times... They have to pretend that it's the first time they've ever heard me say that, which uh, is hard to do. Yeah, it is. And uh, <laughs> our, uh, you know, from from having that one on the radio and traveling, I mean, you travel somewhere and that's why they wanted you there. They, especially in Texas, right. uh, most of our exposure in Texas has been people that have heard us on the radio. Sing that thing you do. Let's go. You, yeah. You will record that thing you do in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so we... I got so burned out on, on my own song that we, we stopped doing it. And then uh-huh. uh, last year we were going somewhere and somebody in the audience was like, so you guys are going to do Dear Beer, aren't you? And, oh, God. So I, we ran over it at Soundcheck. And, and the guys were like, why aren't we doing this? This is great. And I was like, okay, um, I, now we do it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, California Wildfire, my song has just been some one of those things that people remember that, you know. Or small from beer to beer, you know, whatever, whatever. whatever oh yeah, want, I love you know. that song. Thank you, thank you. So that's the one that was like, has done. Oh, they both, they've both been on on little radio yeah. shows and 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 across the country here and there, and it's just one of those things. You just, no man that I hire, or woman, can walk on that stage without knowing those songs because we will eventually. Even if we avoid it, we will eventually have to play that. So Exactly. That's just going to come around. Scotty at the starting gate, he loves that song. Oh, Beer to Beer? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, he plays it. What did you tell me? He played it when we weren't there, right? On one of your nights? Oh, he yeah. Just plays we were it. playing, and, and I was listening. And I was going, this is a great song. He goes, yeah, it's Dave. I'm going, ah, of course it is. <laughs> Every single and then he went, And then he went on and on about it. It's his favorite song. He loves it. And, yeah, yeah. And I called you up. 
Yeah, I gave him the shirt that has beer to beer on it. He's just he's very stoked. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's still things live on. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, but yeah. But I don't. I don't. You know. I wish. I wish I had better advice for. You know, a band just starting out now. There. There's fewer places to play. The pay's not as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, where's the money coming from then? I mean, personally, I feel like it's a weeding out process in my mind. I don't mind seeing bit. people say, well, I don't play music anymore because there's no money in that. Um, that's you know, okay. It, if, if you're not playing music because there's no money in it, then you're the wrong guy to be in this business. Right. You know, I, I would, you know, Marilyn's asked me, she's, you know, well, if you, when I'm having a bad day, I'm like, I, I just can't do this anymore. Just like. Well, what would you do? You know, what would you do if you weren't working with the band? I go, oh, I'd have more time to practice. <laughs> I'd have more time to write. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm. I, you don't. St- I, I don't stop that. I want to be a better player. I want to be. I, I've always considered myself primarily a songwriter. That's it's my first love. Mm-hmm. Um, I play because I want to be a songwriter. I sing because I want to be a songwriter. Right. And. Um, but I still want to be a better player. I still want to be a better singer. And I work on those things. Doesn't hurt to surround yourself with good players, too. Make, make you sound better. True. <laughs> Dear Beer, I need to talk to you. This is so hard to do. But the time has come to say that we are through. Dear Beer. This isn't really an advice podcast, but I always just tend to ask you advice because that is, you know, you're filled with these stories and I feel like you're so open about this information and, you know, 40 years is an impressive damn number to have been doing it. So it's kind of mind boggling Uh, before just to prepare for you and I talking, I had, I had to go and look at our old bios and look at our old promo sheets of, of the, the, the artists that we've opened up for in concert and uh the artists we backed up is mm-hmm. uh, you know for academy of country music and uh it, it's the people that i forget about i i never mentioned chuck berry we got to work with chuck berry's his backup man. band for wow. that yeah you can't fit 40 years into i know you guys are big friends with um you know chris ledoux's band and the um is it the Chris Ledoux is one of, you know like Charlie Daniels, mm-hmm. one of my all-time heroes, not just as as a musician, but as a person, and and it it is all wrapped up in one. And uh, you know I don't know how much you know about Chris Ledoux, world champion rodeo rider. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was always playing his guitar and writing songs. Our friend uh, our friend Betty Huff from Gillette, Wyoming, she. Uh, went to college with Chris and she was a barrel racer when she was coming up. So she said, said Chris would always be pulling out his guitar at the parties and playing these songs he wrote. And, but he ended up becoming a, a platinum recording artist. Yeah. But one of the main reasons he did is because when he sings a song about throwing a saddle in the back of the pickup and going to the rodeo, he's, he walked that road. Yeah. And another guy that, uh, just so gracious, so good to his band, so good to everybody. Just such an ethical, ethical, ethical man, and uh, just one of my all-time heroes. I I first uh, we got to know about Chris. He used to before he got his uh, the big record deal. He would sell his tapes uh, in Western Wear store. He'd sell them at the rodeos and at. Western wear stores and all the rodeo cowboys were listening to Chris Ledoux long before the radio was or oh, before, wait, long before Garth Brooks found him. <laughs> he, 
But what was brilliant about Garth in that song, Much Too Young to Feel This Damn Old, he's mm-hmm. talking about a, a guy that's been riding the rodeos for all those years. The tape that he'd be listening to in his pickup would be Chris Ledoux. It's a real story. That's, that's what the they, real yeah. story and the real guy. Uh, we had met K.W. Turnbow, who was Chris's drummer, uh, years before when we were playing at, at Jackson. We played at Million Dollar Cowboy Bar in Jackson, Wyoming, uh, where we met K.W. We met our, our friend Kip Attaway, who is our one of our closest friends to this day. And uh, we heard K.W. got this gig with a guy named Chris Ledoux and that's how I started learning about Chris and uh, we ended up doing shows together we got to be friends with everybody in the band and uh, just the greatest bunch of guys and uh, Chris was always so gracious to us and I mean he was like a walking talking real life John Wayne all the characters that John Wayne played that's who Chris was in real life and I was always in awe of him. To, to say we were buddies would be a real exaggeration. Usually when I was around Chris, I'd be, I'd, I'd just, my mouth was shut. <laughs> just listen. Yeah. 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 That's great. We opened for him in uh, Afton, Wyoming. Afton's maybe a town of 400 people. And there were 4,000 people at this concert. And uh, the fair manager wanted us to play an hour before Chris went on. And I told Chris, I I made him laugh. I told him later, I said, you know, there's 4,000 people out there waiting to hear Chris Ledoux. I said, we played for an hour. I thought they were going to drag us off the stage and kill us. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst. I've, I've been to those concerts. Um, where the opening band's like, don't worry, guys, the headliner's going to be out any minute now. <laughs> Get <Yeah>. ready. <laughs> it it actually know. ended up being a great day. The crowd was great to us. We, we sold a bunch of our CDs. It was just always such an honor to work with them. And times that we'd be on the same, like at Puyallup, where they'd be playing the grandstands and we'd be on the free stage, they'd always make sure that we had a stand in the wings and watch a show, hang out backstage. I'm just the greatest bunch of guys you'd ever want to meet. And Ned Ledoux, Chris's son, uh, Ned started off playing drums for his dad, and now he's out front and uh, carrying on the tradition and uh, making some real special music. Well, hey, do you want to play something for us? Is there a way to figure that out? I can try. I mean, usually I got a band behind me and I'm playing the accordion. Oh my god! Oh, you can play the accordion. You, I, uh, this this is a really cute cute accordion that you uh, have gifted to me for my son. I can't wait to try that out. A little button accordion. Yeah, you don't have to play it. It's no. just one of those things that. You know, um, so. I'll see what I can pull off on the piano. This song's uh, called We Need to Have a Little Talk. And uh, my wife passed away 10 years ago. Uh, uh Your friend. (laughs) Gidget. Oh my gosh. So much quieter than my dogs, though. My dogs are just insane, so. Hey. Thanks for this. Good sound check, though, Gidget. And I don't know where the levels go. He's all gone now. Yeah, my wife was 40 years old uh, when she got cancer, passed away at 42. And at the time I wrote this song, um, my friend Jeff Steele, his his son Alex, had died tragically as a, not, I think it was 13 or 15. Uh, I know you know Milo mm-hmm. Tedesco. His daughter died tragically. Yeah. And I felt as bad as things were for me, I couldn't imagine losing a child. And so this song, you know, for those of us that believe in God, this is when a lot of people get bitter and turn away. And this is kind of a conversation with God. 
about the bad things that happen, especially to good people or to children. Yeah. And this song is kind of for for all of them. so much for doing this man i, I know we, we, we could talk for hours if we wanted to thank we you probably for will, great, but, great yeah. to hang with you got it worked man thanks so much can you do our riders and when can we uh what, what do you got coming up that we can look you up and and check you out uh online i should know this stuff that's okay where can we find you <laughs> to know this stuff www.dowarriders.com and we are also on facebook uh do our riders Cool. Our alter ego, Crawdaddio. Uh, That's right. Play all Zydeco music. 
Oh, thanks. Well, I appreciate you being on, man, and thanks for bringing my my little son this uh, this little red accordion. I can't wait to. Yeah, to, I hope to, he enjoys that. Can't wait to ruin his life by uh, derailing him completely into another world of. <laughs> we're, we're bringing him over to the dark side. Oh, God. <laughs> That's okay. I've got a lot of that myself going on at home. So, all right, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate all it. All right. Well, there it was, my interview with Ken from the Duo Writers. Thank you so much, Kenny, for being a part of it. Make sure you check out the Duo Writers on their 40th anniversary trip around the world whenever you're in America because these guys get everywhere. So thanks a lot, Kenny. I learned a lot. I swear it could have been a six-part series just on how to be a good, successful band leader, and I would keep listening. So a lot of good time. All right, well, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my few days off before a crazy summer. Just a band's going to be everywhere. Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, up the coast, up and down California. So make sure you look up JustDaveBand.com. Yeah, I can plug myself. That'd be easy to do. And, of course, a lot of success with the California Country Show stage. In fact, our first jam night has a California Country Show jam night hosted by yours truly. We'll be out at Cowboy Country on July 3rd. Cowboy Country is located in Long Beach and Lakewood, and we'll be out there July 3rd. Bring your instruments, join us, get ready to jam, and I'll have a lineup of special guests on our next radio show, which I need to enjoy the rest of my day off so I can actually go do the radio show tomorrow as well. All right. As a reminder, look us up. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Cal Country Show. And now that you're here, you might as well just click that subscribe button. And if you can give me five stars, I'd be super stoked. Say some words. Say hi. Email me, justdave at california-country.com. And we'll see you next time on the California Country Show podcast. <laughs>